you know, with your, with your time management and things, that's what gives you the ability to use your time wisely is those types of decisions and, and commitment to them. Yeah. So you mean instead of taking an hour before I go to bed to play VR, uh, <laughs> poker, I should be doing something different. <laughs> yeah, man. Instead of that, taking out, you know, right before you go to bed, take an hour to, to read a book, or if that's going to put you to sleep, listen to a book or, find something educational on YouTube or an educational podcast or, you know, just something to further develop you so that you can get out there and conquer your world, your, your life, your situation, because playing a video game, you know, watching TV, whatever, whatever stronghold it is that people latch onto, it's not, it's generally not going to help you reach your goals and, and uh, become the person you want to be. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. This is your first episode. Welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Definitely glad to have you here. Glad you decided to stop by and spend some time with me. I'm down to eight interviews left in that series that I did, which would be 26 total when I'm completed here before I start recording again. Uh, I've actually got two interviews lined up in person from some local people. You know, the great thing about doing these edits uh, so far after I've uh, done the interview, and it's actually given me a chance to take a look at my style because I have to listen to these things two or three times, you know, once in the edit, once after it's done, and then maybe one more time again. So at least twice I've, I'm listening to these episodes, and it's really given me a chance to uh, critique myself and p- kind of pick apart you know, my, my interviewing style, where I may be lacking, uh, where I'm falling short in some of these uh, deals. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is I'll, I'll start to ask a question, and it's not in every single episode, but th- there have been some where I'll start to ask a question, and then I'll get sidetracked on uh, you know, my own little rant, and then sort of get back to that question. And I believe uh, I, I did it a couple times in the Dennis Sumlin interview, and, and luckily, he was able to remember what I was or actually piece together what I was trying to uh to ask and uh and, and answered the question. So yeah, I mean it's a it's been a learning process for sure. Uh like I said I've never done this before. Uh this is my first uh crack at it and I'm 18 episodes in um and, and you can you actually can see the difference from my first episode to now and the difference in, you know, the, the way that the show's kind of evolved. And uh, once I start recording again, you'll see another evolution uh, as far as how I'm asking questions and, you know, because I've, I've learned quite a bit from listening to myself. So, I mean, it's actually been really cool. You know, I, I really enjoy doing this podcast, uh, even though, I mean, I'm not really making any money at it. Uh, it's, it's costing me, uh, not a lot of money, but it's definitely costing me a lot of time. It's not, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, especially if you're a perfectionist to edit, put everything together, figure out the music. You know, luckily I, I, I've got 
some consistent music that I, I want to use. And maybe sometime down the road, I'll decide to, uh, you know, go with a professional, uh, intro music that's, you know, designed specifically for this show. But, you know, until I get some more funding or I figure something out, I'm just going to keep rolling with, uh, what I got. So in this episode, I'm talking to Brennan Fox. He is a health and finance coach. He helps guide families and individuals towards gaining financial freedom. He is also a certified nutritionist and personal trainer. His website is underonelove.org. That's under number one, the numeral one, love.org. And you'll be able to find all of his places in the show notes. This was a really good conversation uh, where we touched on a lot of subjects that I'm sure people have questioned, and if you haven't, you might start after you hear this episode. I Literally, we go through from the standard American diet we touch on to debt indoctrination. Just there, there's a, We jump around quite a bit, but it's really different topics that, that most people, if you, if you haven't thought about, you'll want to think about. Let's just say that. And actually, funny thing is, in the beginning of the uh, episode, I was going to have Brennan introduce himself and, and address some of the questions that I had in a questionnaire that I sent out to him. But we actually got caught up in a com- in the conversation, and I forgot all about it. And I also forgot uh, at the end when I usually ask about the uh, the book and the podcast questions, uh, I, I forgot about those two. So I'm going to have to make a note to myself, and when I start recording again... Sean, be more consistent with what you're doing. Get a format and try to stick to it. Uh, that's the best I can I, I can do. You know, this was, uh, like I said, this is the 18th uh, episode, so go figure. Anyways, enough with me. Uh, let's get to Brennan. Hey, Brennan, how you doing? This is Sean Dustin. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for asking. All right, let me make sure I'm get my audio good here. Get your uh your your level here uh good. Go ahead and say a couple more words. Uh check check one two. All right, there you go. You're Can good. you hear me okay? Yep, yep. We got levels right. good here. Everything's everything's a okay. So anyways, how you doing this evening? So I'm good. I'm good. Um was this going to be an interview for the pa- podcast? No, no, this is actually, this, this is, is the podcast. Oh, this is the podcast. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, so what do we got here? Uh, so basically what we're going to do is you're going to, you're going to introduce yourself and tell, tell the listeners a little bit about you, who you are, um, how you got to me and, and wanted to be on my podcast and, uh, yeah, then we'll get into some of these questions that I I asked you and you answered, and then we'll just it's just a you know regular old conversation. Okay, um, can you uh, remind me um, like what the scope of your podcast is? Okay, my the name of my podcast is Nowhere to Go But Up, and I deal That's right. okay I deal with. Uh, bottoms, life struggles, comeback stories, and how people, you know, the comeback stories obvious is what it is, but on the bottoms and the life struggles, it's just basically how normal everyday average people get through them. Okay. 
you know, so like, you know, whatever a bottom could be for you, whether it's, uh, you know, PTSD, weight issues, addiction, um, you know, wherever people fall in the spectrum of bottoms and life struggles, I want my listeners to know, you know, how you got through your hard times and your issues. Um, so maybe, you know, it may be something that somebody out there needs to hear to keep them going, you know, going forward instead of, you know, staying stuck in whatever situation they may be in learning from each other, brother, learning from each other. Absolutely, man. What got you interested in wanting to talk to me and, and be on, on this podcast? Um, well, just, uh, the idea of, you know, working your way back up from, from life's difficulties. Cause I think we all struggle with something. Maybe someone has it worse than the next bottom line is, you know, we all need to keep fighting and push through that. And I know that just someone's testimony can make a huge difference in someone's life because of the way that they may be able to relate to that person's story. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. being, be, you know, being on your show and, uh, and knowing what you do and how you talk to people, um, and the, you know, just the type of message that you share, it's really important for everyone to hear that kind of thing so that they can keep fighting on and just find some encouragement. Yeah. I mean, we're all, uh, we're all broken in some way. Um, you know, the way that we, right. whether it's how we were raised, um, our parents, you know, maybe may not have known the things that they know now. And, you know, and that, that actually that's across the board. And that's constantly happening yeah. in, the, in the world today where we're finding out information, you know, 30, 40 years past, you know, when things start coming to an head and we go, hey, well, what's the problem? And we start recognizing that, oh, well, this is an issue or this is an issue. And, oh, we shouldn't have been teaching right. people this. We should be teaching them this, uh, you know, and it, that that's across the board with all kinds of different things and all kinds of different industries and 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 areas in life in general. Definitely. You know, what my parents thought were, was a good idea. Now we know probably wasn't a good idea. And so, you know, <laughs> how do we, how do we fix that? How do we, you know, put that out there and, and, and recover from that basically? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, benefit to just constantly trying to do your best in every situation. So, you know, with, with, uh, my son, we, my wife and I, we've got a toddler, he's two with him, a, a huge piece of it is just constantly trying to be the best parents we can be, which means researching like it's our job, you know? So really we, we take it very seriously to raise him right because we both have, um, I've got, I've got a great mom who raised me, but she was dealt a bad hand and didn't have a great knowledge base when it came to, you know, some key elements. And then my wife, on the other hand, didn't really have the best upbringing as far as her parents' effort. She always had provisions and, you know, you name it. Her, her life wasn't bad. She wasn't abused, anything like that. But her parents, just, for lack of a better way to put it, weren't the best of parents. And I think that's, in both cases, my case and hers, it's due to a lack of research and, you know, just trying to stay sober-minded and really put, your child's life above yours and make sure that you're constantly setting them on the best two feet that you can. Yeah, that's uh, I, I agree with that 100%. And funny that you mentioned that mm -hmm. I have a, I have a daughter that's will be two in August. I'm dealing with that myself. And uh, I just, 
got off the phone with this. You're my third interview tonight. But my second one, we were talking about suicide and she works for a suicide uh, prevention and an advocate for uh, suicide awareness and, and stuff like that. And we were talking about how the the suicide, you know, the, the rate is getting lower and lower in kids, like the age range of mm. kids that are committing suicide these days right. is, is becoming, you know, it's, it's going lower and lower. So, I mean, now we're seeing, you know, 12 to 14 year olds, or, I mean, even she said that there was, you know, uh, uh, some attempts in her area were made by, by kids in, in second grade. And I was like, Jesus, like wow. how, how, I mean, how do they figure this? I mean, I, I just, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Why is it uh, somebody in second yeah. grade thinking like that? Where are they getting these thoughts from? Yeah, because... you know what? I'm I'm honestly I'm not entirely shocked by that. As sad as that is, the kinds of access that young children have now to things that even you know I grew up. I, I was born in '93, so I'm I'm only 26 years old. But the the space that I grew up was significantly different than today's children. And obviously anyone older than me, it just gets more and more different. You know, the, the differences are bigger and bigger. And I'm honestly not shocked because you've got, in a lot of cases, you've got TVs raising children more than parents. You've got daycares constantly spending time with children more than parents. You've got influences from every angle so much more than the parents in, in a lot of cases. And I'm not shocked. You know, if you let your child watch YouTube, Sure, you can put some parental guidance on there. You know, you can you can uh, set up some some kind of advisory. But at the same time, they're going to be seeing things that they probably shouldn't be seeing at such a young age, and a lot of things like that are very toxic. And then, you know, my my occupation is in finance and health, and a big part of that also is the the health of today's children is seriously lacking. I mean, the types of nutrition that that children have. Um, their nutrition base is horrible, and that plays a big part into all the psychological effects that come with suicide. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, and I'm guilty of that as well. Like with uh, yeah, um, just time, you know, time management, you know, is is a tough one. And when you don't have good time management, especially when you have a, a young one, the easy right. the, the easy fix is. Well, let's just swing into McDonald's real quick and, well, you know, give you some chicken tenders sure. or, or this or that. And, uh, yeah, I'm guilty of that. And, and I'm somebody who struggled yeah, with I, weight and, and, you know, got into, right. you know, the magic pill on Netflix and keto and, you know, started <laughs> looking at, at how, you know, uh, the standard American diet is really what's, what's causing a lot of cancer, I believe, in the, oh, yeah. in the baby boomers right now. You know, because they didn't know they—they they, it was just a quick, a quick fix. You know what I mean? Oh, we need something fast. You know, easy, it's easier and it's cheaper uh, to feed your your family. You know, with stuff in the middle of the the middle aisles in a grocery store. I mean, there's no, there's no, <laughs> you know, there's no. Uh, it's no mistake that that that's how that's being played out. I mean, I I I'm a firm believer in in you know with with processed foods and stuff like that it's just it's death by a thousand cuts oh man yeah you know you said it so well and and it's just it's crazy because the convenience that we as americans you said you're guilty i think probably everyone's guilty at least at some point in time you know i i've 
certainly been guilty in the past as well for taking the route of convenience. But And it is cheaper. But what's crazy is we, we think so short-term on the day-to-day that we say, yeah, it's cheaper to feed your family with the food in the, the middle aisle, but also it's twice as expensive, several times more expensive to end up with cancer or heart failure or diabetes or whatever it is. You know, so you're trading you're trading expenses now for expenses that are going to come up later. And it's, you know, when you think of it rationally that way, then you can make better choices and say, well, you know, I'd rather not go through that in my later years. And if I can prevent it, you know, if it's up to me, I'm going to do the best I can. And it's the same thing with the children. Like it's, I, I coach a lot on, um, like you were saying, time management and, and time management is so big. One of the biggest things that I'm constantly telling people is turn off the stupid TV because statistically the average household watches over 40 hours of TV per week. So, you know, it's not always that people don't have time. It's like you said, they just don't manage it well. They're spending a second full-time job watching the TV. Yeah, I'm guilty of that myself. Like, you know, it's... Working, working in construction. Um, well, luckily I don't have a lot of time these days because the podcast takes up quite a bit of time. Also, you know, uh, other things that I'm doing in my life. But when I didn't have all of this, uh, occupying my time, I would come home from work and, you know, I start at, at, 6 a.m. most of the time. And there's always, you know, about an hour to an hour and a half of commute each way. So I'm getting up quite a bit, you know, pretty early. And when I would get home, the first thing I would do is just, you know, sometimes I wouldn't even make it to the shower before I'd hit the couch and just fall asleep. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it just, it really doesn't feel like there's enough time in the day, but then you start, you start thinking, okay, well, how does Elon Musk do it? How does all these other high functioning, uh, uh, people, make the money make you know are rich how do they get that i mean they they still work within the same 24 hours i mean they don't get any more time like how do they do it that's exactly yeah that's exactly right yeah it's you know i was just having this conversation the same type of conversation with my wife and it's like anything you've got to build these these habits and you've got to be i mean it, it it needs to be boring how consistent you are if if you want to reach those types of goals, you know, because that's, that's probably the biggest factor is deciding to change your life and then committing to that decision once you've made it. And until you do that, it's, you're always going to find something else to get in the way. You're not going to, you're not going to take it seriously until you are 100% committed to the decision you've made to start winning and changing those types of things in your life. You know, the TV, if you decide to turn it off and not watch it, and then you commit to that decision, it's going to become a habit in just a matter of time. Um, and it's the same thing in so many aspects. And that's what that's what changes, you know, with your with your time management and things. That's what gives you the ability to use your time wisely is those types of decisions and, and commitment to them. Yeah. So you mean instead of taking an hour before I go to bed to play VR uh, <laughs> poker, I should be doing something different? Yeah, man. Instead of that, take an hour, you know, right before you go to bed, take an hour to to read a book or if that's going to put you to sleep, listen to a book or find something educational on YouTube or an educational podcast or, you know, just something to further develop you 
so that you can get out there and conquer your world, your, your life, your situation, because playing a video game, you know, watching TV, whatever, whatever stronghold it is that people latch onto, it's not, it's generally not going to help you reach your goals and, and, uh, become the person you want to be. The one thing that I can say is that most of the stuff that I do watch these days, um, is usually on Netflix. I've kind of unplugged from mainstream everything just because I, I got tired yeah. of, of, of like my, my thoughts and my, uh, just, I don't know. It just felt like I, I was constantly being directed somewhere. And I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be programmed. I mean, that's why they call it programming. You know what I mean? I don't want to be programmed. I yep. want to, I want to, you know, I want to watch like uh, documentaries. I want to watch stuff that, that yes. I'm, where I'm actually learning. Like the one thing I got into recently was uh, One Strange Rock on uh, mm. Netflix. The, the, uh, the one with uh, Will Smith where he narrates it and they're talking about uh, the perspective from the astronauts from the space station looking at the earth from, from that perspective. And it was, it's a fascinating, uh, series. if you haven't checked it out, I'd, I'd suggest checking it out. A lot of it was CGI, but still, I mean, there were some actual, uh, well, I, at least I would want to think that they were actual footage of, of, from the space station, <laughs> but that's yeah. a, that's a whole, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother thing. You know what I mean? Especially when they're using yeah, CGI, not go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different kind of podcast. Yeah, but no, that's exactly it, man. Using your time to, you know, to watch something that's going to educate you and, and like you said, not be programmed. So even when you're, you know, when you're watching something that's quote unquote educational, like I said earlier, having a sober, clear mind when doing that, you know, um, taking off any lenses that you may have had on prior and watching whatever you're watching with an open and objective mind. Um, if you're open to things, your, your capability of learning is so much greater, but if you're just, you know, you've got your way of seeing things and, and you're really not open to anything else, you're not going to be able to learn very easily and it's not going to intrigue you. Um, but if you can remove those lenses and approach things with openness and, and, you know, just start to question more things and, and see how you can come up from where you are and just, you know, build yourself up and, and have a better spiritual life, better marriage, better parenting skills, better friendships, et cetera. That, that all comes from really renewing your mind. Yeah, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm looking at, uh, one of these overcoming financial stress, um, and health issues. So financial stress is, is financial stress is a huge one. And I think as Americans, or actually it doesn't even matter about being Americans, I think just as citizens of the world, because all of these banking systems and everything, they're all interconnected, they're all tied together, you know, yeah. it, it, the whole thing is just kind of uh, by design, everything is by design, whether it's, right. you know, the, the debt you incur once you, uh, you know, are, are indoctrinated into uh, college and that whole system of, of, you know, getting you in, in getting you into debt before you've actually even hit the job market mm -hmm. to not explaining to you as a, or not learning, uh, the essential things on how to, uh, deal with finances other than, uh, how to write a check 
or how to balance your checkbook. I mean, those are <laughs> stupid ass things that don't even matter. I mean, you know, you could be a monkey and figure that out. Um, but yeah. the, the most important things aren't being taught to, to people when they're in school. You know, the most basic right. functions of, of how to be, uh, financially independent. And, you know, one of the main things that doesn't ever get uh, uh, talked about is compound interest and how, how important that is if you're going yeah. to <laughs> buy something or if you're going to try and save money. But most of it is is the debt that we incur because a lot of that has to do with compound interest or the fact that when you buy something new, and, I'm, and I've, I'm going through this myself, I'm upside down in, in an RV that I had to have and... It's like, all right, well, now I want to get rid of it, but in order to get rid of it right now, it's going to cost me ten grand because um, it, it's no longer worth, even though it's a year old, it's not worth what it was when I pulled it off the lot. Right. You know, there's all kinds of things like that. You know, where where we make irresponsible decisions based on on not a necessity, but like the the I don't know. Well, what's the word I'm looking for when you make those uh, those uh, impulse impulse buys? Yeah, irrational impulse decisions. Yeah, that aren't well thought out. And and you know, can I really afford this? Okay, well, yeah, I, I can afford it, but can I really afford it? You know, I mean, there's one yeah. thing to be able to well, afford afford something, but there's another thing to you know to can you can you afford uh, can you sustain that affordability? Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's not how people think. So you do, I mean, you opened up a bunch of cans of worms just now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. So with compound interest, I, I think it was Albert Einstein said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of, of the world. And it's exactly that. Like it's people don't understand it. Um, and they're always on the wrong side of it. People are always on the wrong side of compound interest to where they're paying it as opposed to receiving it, gaining it you know, from investing. Um, but then all the other stuff that you talked about, like that's, that's exactly it. We're not educated. We're in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And we're almost, we're educated almost zero. I mean, the amount of education we receive in finances is, is next to none. And like you said, we might learn how to write a check or balance a checkbook, but a lot of people don't even learn that until, you know, they get into college or whatever. And then it's like, Oh, I need to figure out how to do this instead of being prepared before you, you reach adulthood and get out there on your own. Um, and, and so there's a major lack of education, just like you're talking about to where the, basically the only education we get is from corporate giants, um, maybe from our parents, but our parents were likely educated by the same corporate giants who told them, you know, you've got to, soon as you get married, you need to go and buy a house. You need to build up your credit score. You need to um, get a new car, you know, have your car payment. And then once you get it paid off, go and trade it in for another one. And um, we incur so much debt um, individually and as a nation that we have a negative net worth. And then we look up and wonder why we're broke. We don't actually own any of the things that we call ours. Someone else owns it. And we are majority of Americans, 80% of Americans are one paycheck away from a crisis. Meaning if you mix, if you miss your next paycheck, you're probably going to face repossession. Um, the next few paychecks you're going to miss, you're going to be, um, likely foreclosed on if you have a house 
you know, you're going to have to default on so many different kinds of debts and, and, uh, medical debt, for example, that's the number one cause of bankruptcy. And people don't have enough money to meet their deductibles when they have insurance and it puts them in chaos. It just spins out of control. And there's a lot of solutions to get through all these things. But again, we're just simply not educated on, on how to make, um, proper decisions when it comes to finances. And then you brought up the, uh, the affording thing. People look at, um, like for a car, for example, they go in to get a car and they look at the, the monthly payment and they think, oh, well, you know, 500 bucks a month, I make 2000 a month, I can afford that. But they're not analyzing any other costs when they're thinking through those types of things. And then they have trouble making their payments and they have to use credit cards to get through the month. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I think that's across the board with most people. And I don't, yeah, what, it's it's by design. I, I I have to say that it's by design. Oh, yeah. Just like just like the the center of the grocery store, how you know everybody that's that's eating most of the food from there. You know, it, it's thirty years down the road. Now you got all these complications. Now you're gonna you got cancer. You're you're feeding into that uh, that healthcare system. That I gotta say, man, doctors don't ever tell you anything about. Uh, it's cause it's cause and or what is it? It's uh, symptom symptom and uh, prescribe symptom prescribe symptom prescribe. Yep. They don't talk to you about bunch of band aids. Yeah, they don't ever talk to you about. Okay, well, you don't need any of this other stuff. You can fix all your problems by the food that you eat. Yep. You know you and don't. That is so true, man. It's it's so true in health and finance, and and that's why. You know, that's why I've, I've mingled them together the way that I have, but it's, it's exactly that. Like as an example, you get a cut, when you get a cut, you go in, you put a bandaid on it and then you'll, you know, you go on with your day. And that's the same type of situation that you have when you go in, into the, um, the medical field, when you, you know, when you depend on the medical field, you get a cut, you get a bandaid and they, they move you on, you know, next in line. But instead what should be happening is how to avoid getting the cut in the first place. You know, why did you get the cut? Okay. Let's not ever do that again. And it's, it's exactly that. Like we, you know, none of us start caring about our health and our finances until it's too late. We don't start caring about our health until we have a health crisis. And I, I'm, I'm partially guilty of that. I mean, I've worked out since I was 15, but my diet, it wasn't crap, but it wasn't as good as it could be. And when I was 20 years old, I had gallstones and my, my gallbladder was shutting down. I was, you know, it was extremely painful. I felt like I was going to die. And I was able to, through a miraculous healing, you know, I won't get too much into the details of that because that's, that's part of my testimony. But through that, I had a complete mind shift. And because of the food that I started to eat and going through cleanses and things like that, I was able to pass the gallstones. And then that forced me to really pay attention to what I was putting in my mouth. And so I'm, you know, I'm one of the few who has had a gallbladder infection and not had to And, And, um, you know, when, when a doctor prescribes you something, they, they treat the symptoms. They don't get to the root of the issue and help you fight it and then prevent further issues because then they don't make money. And it's the same thing with finance. The, you know, the bank's building is way bigger than yours. Their furniture is nicer than yours. They are not in business to lose money. 
And so we have to know they're not in business to help us. You know, corporate giants, uh, corporate uh, credit card companies and things like that, they're not trying to help you. <laughs> That's not how they make their money. If they helped you, like the, the whole cash back thing, if you were really beating them and getting free money from them, they wouldn't be in business. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's exactly what it is. So how do we combat that? <laughs> one of the one of the biggest things with with finance, especially, is not playing their games. So unfortunately, the place we live in, we have to use currency at least to an extent. You know, you can you can get off the grid and try to live off grid as much as possible, but you're still going to have to pay something, at least property tax. You know, otherwise they're going to come and take your property. Uh, which is very unfortunate that that's the system that we're in. But the best way to combat it is stop playing their games. Stop borrowing. Stop buying into the credit lies. There, there's absolutely no reason to build your credit score. And people always say, oh, well, how are you going to get a house if you don't build your credit score? I'm a huge proponent of the 100% down plan. And, you know, people people think about that and they think, oh, well, that's not possible. That's a fantasy um, but when you get really serious and you've got a, a decent income, fairly above average, um, for example, you know, if you, let's say you have an $80,000 income, um, you're a household of two, a, a young married couple. If you get serious, if you diligently budget your money, pay attention to all your expenses and make sure that you're spending less than you're taking home. And let's say you're, you know, as a couple, you've got two great jobs, $40,000 each, you're taking home 80 grand. Um, a year. Well, you can easily be living on $50,000, which means you should be saving $30,000 a year. At that rate, as a young couple, you save $30,000 for five years, you can get your first starter home with cash. And, you know, that's, that's the type of um, system that I would coach someone through. And, and also, if you're dead set on getting a mortgage, you can actually get a mortgage without a credit score. So there's two ways to get a mortgage. You need to either have a good credit score or you need to have a zero credit score, indeterminable. And the way that you get a mortgage in that circumstance is by going to a mortgage company who does what's called manual underwriting. It's, it's the uh, traditional way of writing a mortgage. And what they do is look into the details of your life like, how long have you held a job? Have you paid your landlord on time? Do you keep up with your utilities? You know, make sure that you can um, be responsible with the loan that you're asking for. Whereas a modern mortgage company, all they do is look at your FICO score. And they determine the, the loan they give you based on your FICO score. But unfortunately, your credit score says absolutely nothing about your financial picture because you could have an 850 but have $0 in the bank. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's really not a good picture of your snapshot. So one of the main ways to stop, to, to get yourself out of this uh, life of bondage is to stop playing their games. Dude, that's absolutely how it feels. I'm in this situation right now where guess how much money gets wasted of my income every month on depreciating assets. <laughs> I'm going to guess, uh, 1100. No, more like 1600. So 16, yeah. 1600 between the, the RV that I don't use, uh, the truck that I had to have to pull the damn RV, which is more of a truck than yeah. I need. And it's a diesel. So I don't really drive it very often because that's $4 a gallon to, to, 
to move that thing. Then you got sure. the insurance and you got the storage and you got, uh, you know, whatever else. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it, it mm-hmm. adds up to about $1,600 of, of, of income that goes to nothing. And, and yeah. And, and unfortunately that's an average, like that's normal. Yeah. And, and as I'm, as I'm seeing this and I'm like, all right, well, how do I get out of this? So I have a, I have a, an RV that's, way too big that can't go anywhere like any state parks or national parks or anything like that. It's really one that's meant mm-hmm. to live in, you know, full time somewhere. And so that's really what, what I'm going to be doing here pretty soon because I've, I've gotten, so I can buy a house right now if I want to, but everybody keeps telling me that, you know, right now is not really the best time to buy a house. Cause it's not a, a buyer's market really. Um, or maybe it is a little bit, but just the prices in California are way too high right now. And that we may yeah. be going into somewhat of a recession here, uh, depending on what happens in this next, next election. But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the t- times have been real good for, for quite some time. I mean, we're over 10 years now yeah. out of the, out of the great, uh, recession, right? Right. And then everything happens in cycles, correct? That's right. And I, you know, Here's here's my theory. All right, now tell me if I'm wrong. So I work in the construction industry. Uh, we are the, the you know union construction workers in general are kind of the backbone of uh, of America. You know we are the middle class. Mm-hmm. What's left of it? You know we are the ones that buy things. We we have the we have the affordability to buy these things and and get debt and all this other stuff. And a lot of that's based on the workload and what we see coming down, coming down the pipe. You know what I mean? So like I was just involved in the contract negotiations for the next three years for my union. And a lot of that is based on, on the workload that they're bidding right now for, for two to three years down the road. It's looking good. Right. But I feel like. The banks, because just because they have contracts doesn't mean the banks can't pull the funds, right? At any time. The That's banks, right. the banks control everything. So as, as, you know, things are looser, everybody's got this, this, this feeling like, Oh, good times, good times. Let's go out and buy a boat. Let's go out and buy some jet skis. Let's go out and buy this. Let's go buy that. Let's <laughs> buy this, that, that, that. The banks are seeing this. They all they're all seeing the numbers, right? Because they're they're paying close attention to these numbers, and they're seeing that okay, debt's going up, debt's going up, debt's going up, debt's going up. Pull the funding, and they they crash everything. And guess what? Now repossessions, uh, shit's getting yeah. sold. You know, everybody's selling their their jet skis because they can't afford them. They're selling this or selling that. The work that they thought that was on the books, it's all gone now. The the banks pulled all the money. So I feel like they do that shit on purpose so they can get back all of the stuff that they that they uh, put out there or they. Yeah, well, and you know it's it's multifaceted because the the, the Great Recession, you know, two thousand eight, we call it great. It it was really just a dip in the on the roller coaster, but but the issue there and the same issue we're going to face in the future until you know probably forever because to say that people are going to stop playing the debt game uh, across the board, like all across America is, is a great stretch. So what happened in 2008 is, you know, they would give a mortgage to a dog, <laughs> not literally, but it's like, 
you know, you give a mortgage, the same thing with the student loan crisis right now, you give unsecured debt to teenagers who have never held a job, don't have an income and they're guaranteeing that they're going to pay that back. And who, you know, everyone is going to, everyone in the country is going to absorb that debt through taxes. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a system that's set up for failure and it's only going to benefit the ones who are writing the loans. So that's your banks, your mortgage companies, your, you know, Sally Mae, Fannie Mae, all these other people who are giving loans, companies who are giving loans. And, and it's just a recipe for disaster. And that's why I'm saying, you know, the, the best way that you can, the best chance you have is to stop playing their games. Stop borrowing right now. Commit yourself to never borrow again and live a life of debt freedom. And it's completely possible in this country. And it's so much more freeing. So like you said earlier, you know, asking um, about the, the whole situation with financial stress. Financial stress, in almost every case of people that I work with, I would say 90% of the people I talk to, financial stress is due to the debt that they have. It's not due to a lack of income. Like almost every time, it's because of the debt that they have and they're struggling to make ends meet because they've bitten off so much more than they can chew. And the people who are writing these loans, approving all of these things, really don't care about the family. So like I said, if you've got a decent credit score, you can get a loan. It has, it has zero to do with your financial snapshot. It doesn't matter if you have money to your name or if you own anything. You know, It doesn't matter what your net worth is. If you've got a credit score, which means you've been making payments on time, they'll give you more. They'll just loan you more. They'll keep loaning you more. And as long as you're making those payments, your credit score is good. But you, it's driving you mad because you're struggling so much to keep up with all these payments. And then the second you, you know, as soon as you can't keep up with the payments, all that stuff gets taken away. You are facing bankruptcy, foreclosure, repossession, you name it. And it pulls apart marriages like you wouldn't believe. It just, you know, kids, kids suffer so much from all these types of things. It's just, it's a mess. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, my dad falls into the category you're talking about because he's got his house paid off. He's got, uh, like he barely ever uses credit. He pays cash for everything. Yeah. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't learn obviously what I should have from him. I fall into that category that you're talking about too, because I do have a good credit score and it wasn't always the best. And I've been on that, that same hamster wheel trying my, you know, trying my damnedest to, to bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. And I finally, you know, got it from the, the low fives all the way up to 800. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then it, it came from, you know, I have all these payments and, you know, that I have to stay on top of and, and, you know, in order to keep this boat floating, I have to bring in X amount of dollars a month. And if that doesn't happen, yep. you know what I mean? And, and, and our good old president, you know, I know everybody loves him, but you know, he's no friend of, uh, he's no friend of, um, uh, labor. That's for sure. And he definitely hates California and he hates New York. That's what this whole tax thing that he did. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, we weren't allowed as, uh, as trade in a trade or a union to deduct any of our, our expenses anymore. He took all that away from us. So last year I didn't do anything different this year than I did last year. Last year I got 2000 back this year. I owed 10,000. So anything, anything that I was able to save last year got wiped out. 
Yeah, you know, well, and 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 exactly what you were saying. Um, that's that's how you build your credit score. You have to have payments to build your credit score. You don't build your credit score by paying things off. And when you really, when you sit back and look at this entire game of build up your credit score, here's the question that you need to ask: Build my credit score. Why? Why? So I can build my credit score. Why? So I can get more stuff. Why? So I can build my credit score. I mean, it's just this revolving, that's all it is. You know, you're just running in circles. You're not actually doing anything. And yeah, your credit score is good and you've got a bunch of things, but like we were, like we were just saying, you know, you're, you're killing yourself to try to keep up with it where someone like your dad, for instance, who's using cash for everything, got his house paid off, vehicles paid off, et cetera. He's not borrowing money. You know what you have when you don't have payments? Freedom. Freedom. Options. You've got options. If you, you know, when you've got payments, you've got to work like a slave. You've got to work like a dog to make those payments so that someone doesn't come and take your stuff away. When you don't have payments and you own everything that you have, you you can work as little or as much as you want because you've got that option. You're not a slave anymore. Yeah, I got to start. I got to start redoing some stuff. <sighs> well, the the great news is, you know, for anyone listening the, the really good news is you're the problem, but you're also the solution. And it's, it's not too late. There's never a time in your life when it's too late to, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, make these decisions and commit to them. Because as soon as you do that, I mean, you'd be, you'd be very surprised how quickly um, the people that I work with and, and, you know, walk along with them through their, their journey you'd be amazed how quickly they're able to get out of debt. I mean, you've got people paying off 80 plus thousand dollars of debt in two to three years. And, and that's unheard of, you know, people just don't do that. But when you really get focused and start to use all of your income and clear up your debts as quickly as you can, you've got a lot more disposable income at that point. And then you can really start to save and invest and set yourself up for your future as opposed to just have a bunch of stuff that you have to, that you're a slave to because you've got to go and work to keep it all. You know what I mean? It's just a completely different way of life, but it's not impossible. It's not, it, it's such a simple concept, but it certainly takes, um, it takes a lot of drive. It takes a lot of commitment. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy by any means. It's a simple idea, but it's not easy. Yeah. Well, it takes not being lazy. Uh, and, and lazy can mean a lot of different yeah. things. Um, and the laziness that I'm talking Absolutely. about is, uh, the laziness in finding information, the laziness in doing research, the laziness in, right. um, you know what I mean? And, and it, and it all ties back into, you know, well, right, well, what, what should you be doing? Should you be watching TV? Should you be playing this or should you actually be, you know, thinking about, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the more serious things, I mean, the older I get and the more I start paying attention to things and seeing how the world is really working and paying attention to what's happening, happening in other parts of the world, not just here in, in the United States, but I mean, uh, there was a, 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 I interviewed someone and, and he put something out there and he was like, do you know how, how you, how important your vote is and, and how it affects people in other parts of the world do you and i never even thought about it that way and i'm like well what do you mean he's like well you you know you have a vote whoever you vote for as the president and and that and that uh administration your vote 
carries weight across the world because whoever you put in charge, your tax dollars are going to pay for the bombs that are being dropped on places all over the world. So, you know, you're, and it, it just, it put it in a different perspective that I'd never heard before and it blew my mind. And I was like, holy shit. I, I know, I know. Yeah. I, I never thought about it in those terms. And there's a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, and I, you know, I think, go ahead. No, it's just, there's a, there's a lot of things that we don't pay attention to because we're busy being distracted by, yeah. the, by other stuff. You know what I mean? And it's all by design. And it's like, you start thinking about the matrix and I know the matrix is, is not really a place. It's a, it's an idea. It's sort of a construct, but mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it is. The matrix is the hamster wheel. You know what I mean? We're all plugged in doing right. what doing what we're doing and we can't unplug because if we do, everything falls apart. And there's that fear that if we right. lose everything, then everything will be lost. But actually, <laughs> If you lost everything, you would probably be more free. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Because then you yeah, would, you'd that, actually get to get a do over. Right. Yeah, that's a brilliant perspective and I think it's, you know, it's it's it goes into multiple areas of life because we're so busy um Americans in general, you know, I'm generalizing, but we're we're so busy not thinking about others and the decisions that we make, the the type of effect they have on other people and other communities and, and even our own descendants, you know, and, and it's, you know, you bring up the matrix and we really do, we need to unplug. We need to unplug from all the indoctrination from all of the, I mean, we're indoctrinated to go to public school. We go to public school as children who are so impressionable and we, you know, we learn to go and be worker bees and go and be a good boy, get your degree, um, do this, do it the same way that everyone has done it before you and live the same life that everyone else is living, not actually fulfilling your purpose or um, doing something that is a passion in you that I believe is placed on you by God, you know, not not being the person that you are able to become because you're so indoctrinated and you get so burnt out over time and you just never unplug. And thus you, you live a life of, you know, you're on your deathbed and you're, you've regretted the past several years. And now you want to start thinking about, you know, Oh, well, I should have taken my finances more serious. I should have spent more time with my family. I should have uh, picked up a dang book. I mean, it's, I can't remember the percentage, but it's baffling how many people after high school, never pick up again a book in their life. And, you know, it's, you can just get so much more out of unplugging from the basic day-to-day -day stuff that just keeps you blinded and, and stuck in the rat wheel, the rat race, when you start to, to shift your focus and, you know, read a perspective from someone else on something else and, and get in touch with yourself and actually start to think freely about things without programming you know it's there's a lot of areas in life that we've got to detach from and just get a fresh look on if we're ever going to become the best version of us dude that's uh that's great advice and this podcast is turning out to be something different than i thought it was going to be which is going to which is actually good 
because it started out we were talking about kids and then we end up into (laughs) into this area where i mean it this conversation is needed honestly and it's and a lot of people are probably going to benefit from listening to this podcast um you know what i mean just just from the perspectives that we're Mm -hmm. giving because i mean it's there's no other there's no other way to put it i mean with with how we're so closely connected now, you know, we used to be so far apart, but even though, you know, social media in certain aspects are trying to drive us apart, the social engineers out mm-hmm. there that are, that are actually, you know, responsible for a lot of this stuff want oh, us, yeah. want us isolated, but the internet has sure. had a reverse or an adverse effect, which is bringing us closer you know what I mean? So the conversations right. that aren't being had, you know, with your neighbors, you and I are having. And so now these conversations, right. you know, are, are going to carry out to my listeners, which, you know, who, however many there are there. And I don't know, man, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think podcasting in general is just going to change the world in itself. It's just because it's being, it's bringing people oh, closer yeah. together rather than driving yeah, and, them apart. And I think it's fair to say it already has. No, for sure. It already has. It's just going to keep, it's going to keep, it's going to keep going. It's going to have that ripple effect like, yeah. like, a, like a pebble in, in water, you know? Mm-hmm. I've talked to people from yeah, it's... the Democratic Republic of Congo. I've talked to people in India. I mean, I, I'm talking to people all over the world and it's, it's changing my perspective in a lot of different ways, man. Yeah. And opening my eyes to, to, you know, our problems are not just problems in our country. Our problems are a problem are, are a world problem. You know, I know I really no longer right. look at, at people in different areas as, Oh, those no, no, no. We're, we're, we're citizens of the world. And that's right. Yeah. And, the human race. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter where you're from. You know, the shitty thing is, is that, when when they're polluting air in China and doing whatever the hell it is that they're doing over there, seeding, cloud seeding, uh, you know, whatever it is, we get that over here because it doesn't. It, the atmosphere moves. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't stay there. Yeah. It 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 goes across the it goes across the oceans and 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 gets in. You know, it, and and it ends up over on our side, and vice versa. What we do over here ends up over there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of problems in the world that are happening, you know, and, and I don't know the, the climate change. I mean, the climate's been changing forever. It's just, that's just what it does. Um, but we're, this isn't permanent. You know, this place is not permanent. We just happen to be in a good cycle. You know, we're, we're, we're in this. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, you know, it, it goes back to what we were saying is, you know, everyone, everyone is so fast paced and so detached from the world and the people around them. They're so stuck in there. They're so selfish. That's, that's really the only way to put it. We're all, it's our nature to be selfish. It's what we all want. And, and the way that we're going to make a better world, the way that we're going to, you know, start to make an impact and change the world that we live in is by being less selfish. And it's just so hard to do when when we don't unplug when we don't take a step back and just think bigger picture think about someone else you know when you're 
when you're out and about in, in the public area, think about other people, hold the door for someone, you know, park your vehicle straight, <laughs> the little things, whatever it is, you know, but, but I just, I put a post out on my Facebook page today um, of a Bible verse that talks about giving. And I, I put uh, with it, my two cents saying, you know, we can't, it's, it's almost impossible to give when you can barely make ends meet yourself. And so when you start to change your perspective and think about countries who are a lot worse off than we are and people that are desperate for help all around the world, people, you know, the things we take for granted in this wealthy country are just running water, clean water. You know, you can't, you can't make an impact and you can't help other people, even, even people in our own, in our own country who are homeless and, you know, severely broken and desperately need help. They can't receive help from a lot of people because it's either, I go to work, I pay my bills, I make all my payments because I have so much debt and then I eat or I pay for you to eat, but then I don't eat, you know? So it's like, we're just, we're, it's great how um, zealous we can be and how driven we can be, but that needs to be geared toward others and not just ourselves. And that's what, you know, we're, we're watching, we're watching it cripple the world around us because the more we get stuck on our devices and in our, routine and, and climbing the top of the ladder to, you know, make millions and just all, all these things that are so selfish, they end up being a major crotch. Yeah, for sure. Ah, you got, it, it's, it's so big that it just, it <laughs> yeah. seems it, like when you, when you step back and you look at all of the issues, you just, you just wonder like, God, man, how, how, how can, how can I help? How can I, make an impact yeah you know other than other than yeah. what i'm doing and I, I i feel like you know what i'm doing is all that i can do other than try to figure out what my issues are and and not and not continue to be part of the problem right yeah yeah it, it's definitely you know it can be really overwhelming but i think you you hit it on the head just now um you know, become the best version of you that you can be. And when I say that, I don't mean like, you know, I don't mean the, the most self-centered version of you that you can be for, for any listeners. Like I'm not saying be, you know, be a millionaire and get yourself a mansion and have multiple cars. There's nothing wrong with that if you can do that, but your heart has got to be in the right place. If that's what, if that's the situation you're in. But what I say, when I say, you know, become the best version of you, I mean, really work on yourself to be a better person in affecting the other lives around you and just doing that. And then doing what, in, you know, any little bits that you can do like this podcast, this is, this is a great way to reach people. And it's, it's so overwhelming, but it's important to remember just like with any um, feat that you try to go after, you know, anything you try to tackle, it's one step at a time. It's just little baby steps, one step at a time. And over time, that consistency doing doing that taking one step at a time that's what's going to affect everything so you know it's it's really important to uh like i was saying earlier commit and just not not give up keep running the race of making yourself a better more pleasant peaceable person and then go out there and make an impact with with the skills and the passions and everything that again i believe god places on on every one of us well, that's some great advice, and I think that's a, a good note to end on. So why don't you uh, 
tell everybody uh, where we can find you, your, you know, your social media, um, your coaching, you know, any, anything that you want to plug, uh, go ahead and do that. And then uh, it'll also appear on the show notes as well. Right on, man. Well, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to, to speak with you and, and thank you for having me. Anyone out there can find me at my website, which is under the number one love.org. That's under one love.org. You can find anything you need to find there. My social media and email and all that kind of stuff is there. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, under one love completely spelled out my personal Facebook. Even you could find me there. Um, it's just my first and last name. You can put that in the description if you'd like. Um, but yeah, the best way to reach me would probably be my Facebook page or, or my website. Awesome. And then I'll also, uh, you know, I'll have you, uh, I'll send you an email when we get closer to the uh, release date of this. And uh, you can, I, I like to have my guests just email me back what you want so I don't screw it up. You know, that what, okay. you, what you want to appear on that. And then, and then, you know, a picture or two that you want to have because I don't know if you've seen how I, I build out the uh, promo clip. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, we can we can get to that in a little bit, and I want to chat with you after we uh, after I stop recording, anyways. Right on. So, Brendan, man, I appreciate your time uh, and uh, and all your good information. This was a uh, definitely a good conversation that I was not expecting to have, and which is also a pleasure. Likewise, man. Likewise, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Stick around. I'm going to talk to you in a second. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you to Brennan. Man, that was a lot of good information in this episode, uh, from health to wealth to everything in between. Well, not everything in between, but there was a lot of things that were in between that. Uh, if you want to connect with Brennan and uh, maybe you know get some financial coaching or health coaching or any of the, th- the services that he offers, you can find him in the show notes. Everywhere and all his places will be there for you to scroll down and, and check out. If you want to get a hold of me, you know what to do. Instagram is the place where you can find me the easiest at nowhere to go but up now. Go to my bio, hit the link tree, you know, anywhere and anywhere on you'll you'll just see it's just a, a whole list of, of buttons that uh, wherever you want to find me at, push the button, it'll take you right to me. Or you can email me at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com. Haven't got anybody, any men out there that uh, have hit me up yet about the uh, men's group or the men's talking group that I want to uh, try to facilitate. You know, if that's still open. All it takes is one guy, you know, one person. One, one is all it takes to start a group or a conversation. And usually from there, you know, it, it, it will it will pick up but you know just one 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 voice is all i need to to get this thing rolling so if that's you and you're listening and and you want to uh you know be able to talk some talk through some of your issues or you know problems that you're having or you know men's issues that uh you know relationships how to deal with anger uh how to deal with a lot of other uh issues that that affect men hit me up Instagram at nowhere to go but up now or email me at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com. 
The next episode. This one is about another addict. Her name is Satya Tara. And the reason why I reached out to Satya is there was a Facebook post and on a on one of the groups that I, I belong to. And I believe it was uh, before and after pictures of uh, addiction. And her before picture while she was in active addiction was just looked like like Skeletor, but worse, you know, sores on her face. And it was just, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, she was really, she looked like something out of a zombie apocalypse, honestly. And her after pictures, I mean, this woman is drop dead gorgeous. She is beautiful. And to see the two side by side, like I did, I was like, holy shit. Like I couldn't even believe that was the same person. And so I had to, I had to reach out to her and, uh, I was able to get her to, uh, want to come on the show and, 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 and explain her story. Nope. Oh, got a Tinder match. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> Funny. Anyways. Yeah. That was, uh, it was, it was crazy. The, the, the difference between her before and after was like, Oh my God. Uh, so yeah, that's who I'll be talking to, uh, next in the next episode, which will be episode 19. That's all I got until next time. Keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. Uh-huh.